This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, though Clark Kent determinedly faces the tremendous problem of proving Robin's innocence... He little expects the startling events that come his way. Before we continue with today's episode, let me introduce a gentleman who merits your attention. Mr. Willard Johnson, Vice President of the National Conference of Christians and Jews. Mr. Johnson. Fellows and girls, I'm here today officially to salute Superman and all those who are associated in bringing you this program for some mighty fine work in promoting fair play and good sportsmanship among Americans of different races. I sincerely believe that Superman has demonstrated how, when people work together and understand each other, they can drive out un-Americanism, develop a feeling of brotherhood among all races, creeds, and colors, and so go a long way toward ending wars and creating lasting peace. And we of the National Conference of Christians and Jews want you, Superman, to know how grateful are all people of goodwill for your work in rooting out hatred and for showing young people and their parents how to live the way of brotherhood. For this, Superman, we present to you and to the producers of this program, to your sponsors, the Kellogg Company, and to the Mutual Broadcasting System, this award of distinguished merit. Well, I'm honored, Mr. Johnson, on behalf of all those who helped make this program possible, to accept this award with sincere gratitude and also with our assurance that we will continue our efforts to root out and expose all that is un-American. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Robin, the young companion of Batman, was arrested and accused of being the spectacular monkey burglar who had all Metropolis in a dither, Clark Kent persuaded Inspector Henderson to release the youngster for 48 hours. Then, Kent baited a trap by placing a story in the Daily Planet saying that a millionaire with a valuable jewel collection had moved into the exclusive Windsor Arms apartments. After that, as Superman, he took Batman, and together they hovered in the sky above the building, waiting for the mysterious thief to appear. 
but an alarming radio message intercepted by Superman sent them streaking to Jimmy Olsen's house, where they discovered that Jimmy and Robin had been taken away by two men. A short time later at police headquarters, they learned that the daring monkey burglar had struck again. As we continue now, Inspector Henderson, furious with Kent and Batman, is more than ever convinced he was right in the first place. Listen. Now, there isn't a bit of doubt left in my mind that Robin is the monkey burglar. Nonsense. You're all wrong, Inspector. Oh, no, I'm not. Robin's confederates put on a phony abduction act tonight to try to fool us. Oh, Inspector. Then, was... while we were wasting time looking for Robin and Jim Olsen, Robin broke into the Sims apartment and got away with a quarter of a million dollars in jewels. Of all the... Nonsense. Stop telling me it's nonsense, Kent. And you too, Batman. Why, it's as plain as day. Yes, except that you're mixed up, Inspector. Oh, yeah? What do you mean? Well, my guess is that the monkey burglar or his confederates were watching the city jail today, and when Robin was released, they trailed him and Batman to Jim Olsen's house. Yes, and I was dumb enough to let them do it. Then they took Robin away, so he wouldn't have an alibi for the time in which the Sims apartment was robbed. Oh, no, that Of re- course, that's what happened. Sure. But then, what happened to Robin and to Jim Olsen? Where are they? And that's what we've got to find out. I'm sure you don't have to worry about Robin. Why? Why? Because he's in some nice, safe place with the Sims jewels laughing his head off at me. Oh, you're off the track, Inspector. Oh, I am, huh? Sure you are, if you call Robin a thief. Why, that boy's as honest as the day is long. That's right, and in case you've forgotten, he risked his life more than once to help the police department. That may be, but he's turned bad. And let me tell you this, Batman. I'm not so sure you don't know a lot more about this than you're letting on. What? Why, you must... Oh, now, Inspector... Hold it, Kent. You, Batman, knew Robin was at Jim Olsen's house tonight because you brought him there. Furthermore, everybody knows you and Robin are as close as brothers. Now, look, if you're a... Wait a minute, Inspector. Wait a minute. I knew where Robin was, too. Might just as well accuse me of being in with a monkey burglar. Oh, that's ridiculous. You were just dumb, Kent. Dumb? Why? For believing that hooey about somebody impersonating Robin. Oh. And I was even dumber for letting you sell me that bill of goods. No, no, look here, Inspector. Wait a minute. Yes? Yes, this is Inspector Henderson. Oh. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Put him on. Well, thanks to you two guys, I am really in the soup. Oh, what do you mean, Inspector? Because now the mayor... Uh, yes? Uh, yes, I'm right here, Mr. Mayor. Uh, what's on your... Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I know about it. Well, I'm I'm doing everything possible. Yes, I do know who the monkey burglar is, but That's I haven't... what you be... think. Look, I'm worried, Clark. Relax, Batman. But I tell you I'm doing everything possible. Can I with Robin and Jim? I know, I know, but you've got to take it easy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I was just leaving for there. Right, sir? Yes, I understand. Good night. Now listen, Inspector. Oh, I... you listen. You've got me on the spot now for releasing Robin. Well, the mayor, the citizens' committee, the newspapers, everybody wants my scalp. Right, we're sorry, sorry but it's that... all your fault, both of you. Why would I have my head examined for listening to you two in the first place? Oh, now look, all this is getting us no place. We haven't been able to pick up Robin and Jim's trail, so I suggest we find Robin. And believe me, when I do, he won't get out of my hands again. Where are you going to look for yes. him? At the last place he was seen, of course. It was Tim's apartment in the Windsor Arms. But Robin wasn't there, I well, tell just you. Just the same. That's the place to start from, Batman. Because the monkey burglar knows where Jim and Robin are. And the only way we can find them is by finding him. Come on, let's go with the inspector. Now, let's get it straight, Mr. Sims. You say you were sitting right here in this chair when the monkey burglar came in, huh? Yes, that's right, Inspector. He came in through that window. Must have climbed 18 stories straight up the face of the building. There's no fire escape, you know. Yeah, that, that man? So what? Robin is the only acrobat in Metropolis. Show me another youngster who can do that. How do you know this fellow was a youngster? Well, from what I could see, I judge he was 15 or 60. Robin's only 14. That's close enough. Go on, Mr. Sims. How was he dressed? Why, much as Batman is. Skin-tight costume, cape, hood, and a mask that covered the top half of his face. Uh Wait a minute, wait a minute. His costume was just like Batman's, you say? Yes. 
Only he had a tight red jacket under his cape, and his gloves and boots were green. Oh. Robin, to a T. Well, satisfied now, Batman? Of course not. I still insist the monkey burglar is impersonating Robin. Oh, baloney. I still say Robin is the monkey burglar. And by George, I'll Just fight. a moment, please, Inspector. Is yes. this yours, Mr. Sims? Oh, what's that, Mr. Ken? Take a look at it. What is it? It looks like a coin, a half dollar. It isn't, though, Batman. Well, Mr. Sims? No, I never saw this before. Hey, where'd you find that, Kent? Caught between the carpet and the baseboard, right under the window through which Mr. Sims says the monkey burglar came in. Yeah, let me see it. Here you are, Inspector. What Thanks. is it, Clark? Well, I'm not sure, Batman, mm, but it looks like... Silver coin. On one side, it's engrained with a gymnast performing on parallel Gymnast? Marks. Yeah. And on the other side, it says S-I-A-A. S-I-A-A? Yeah. Hey, what does that mean, I wonder? You've got me. Sure you never saw this before, Mr. Sims? Quite sure, Inspector. Looks to me like a medal, Inspector. I'm sure that's what it is, Kent. And the figure of the gymnast indicates it's an athletic medal, the kind awarded in gym contests. That's right, Batman. Now, since Mr. Sims says he never saw it before, and it was found right under the window in this room, I'd say our monkey burglar friend dropped it. Uh, just of a course. He's a crackerjack athlete. We know that much. Sure. Now all we have to do is find out what those letters stand for on the back of the medal and trace it. Uh, would you let me have it, Inspector? Nothing doing, Batman. This is police evidence. I know that. Just all I... tell me this. Did Robin ever win a medal like this? No, and if you're trying to insinuate... Easy, the... Batman, easy. Now, keep your shirt on. Don't forget that your skirts aren't quite clean in this business yet. What? You heard me. I'll look into this metal business in the morning. In the morning? Well, sure, it's past midnight now. But Robin and Jim... They're in trouble, and this metal is the only clue we've turned up yet. Yes, I know. But don't look for too much from it. Why? Because Mr. Sims just moved into this apartment, and the metal might have been dropped by a workman laying the carpets, or a painter, or even by a previous tenant. That's pretty far-fetched. I think Never mind what you think, because so far your thinking's been all wet. Good night, Mr. Sims, and I'll do all I can to recover your jewelry. Thank you, Inspector. Good night. Come on, Ken. Batman. Departing from the Sims apartment, Kent and Batman leave Inspector Henderson and search throughout the night for Robin and Jimmy Olsen, but in vain. The next morning, deeply worried, Kent enters Editor Perry White's office in the Daily Planet. Morning, Chief. Oh, there you are, Kent. I just spoken to Inspector Henderson, and he says there's no word on Jim or Robin yet. No, I know. I just come from headquarters. I can't understand it. If it was the monkey burglar and his gang who grabbed Robin, why did they take Jim? Because being with Robin, he saw them and could identify them. Great, Caesar. Then that can mean we'll never... Oh, I'll take it. Hello? This is Mr. Perry White? Yes, who is... Does a young fellow named Jim Olson work for you? Jim Olson? Yes, what about him? What about Jim? Wait a minute. Well, you'd better get out here right away, then. Something's happened to him. What? Well, what do you mean? Where is he? He's here at my place. It's Reese's General Store near River Falls, where Highway 16 crosses Orange Avenue. I know where that is, but... Well, like I said, you'd better get right out here. Uh, but wait, uh, what is the matter with the... So long. Confound it, he hung up. For Pete's sake, Chief, what's happened? I don't know, I don't know, but this sounds bad. Come on, let's get going. Seizing his hat and coat, Perry White rushes from his office, followed by Clark Kent. What will they discover at Reese's General Store? As we continue now, Clark Kent and Perry White have just arrived at Reeser's small general store outside the village of River Falls. There, Reeser, a red-faced middle-aged man, leads them toward a room at the back of the store. And this young fellow who says his name's Olson came into my store just before I called you. I could see there was something wrong with him. His eyes were glassy and he was breathing hard. Uh, never mind that, Mr. Reeser. Where is he now? Right in this room. There he is, on the couch. What? Great Scott Kent. Look, Jim! For heaven's sake, what happened to him? Gasping, Clark Kent and Perry White hurry to the couch on which Jimmy Olsen lies pale and motionless. What has happened to the young cub reporter? How did he get to Reese's General Store? 
And what of Robin, who is still missing? There are thrills and more surprises in tomorrow's swift-moving episode. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, despite the misgivings of all concerned, Clark hinted certain that the monkey burglar's gymnastics medal will be the clue that proves Robin's complete innocence. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, the other day, there was a bunch of fellows and girls gathered together over at the playground, and they were so busy comparing notes on their collections of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep that one father told me he had to ask the kids three times if they wanted to go to the movies. Yes, sir, it's that much fun to collect those Pep comic buttons. You don't want to stop. First off, there's the exciting moment when Mom opens a new package of Pep. Maybe it'll be a duplicate button, a little moose, or, or, or Goofy, or Superman, or, or some other button that you've already collected. That's extra fun, you know, to get a duplicate, because then you can swap with your pals. And, of course, it's a thrill to wear your whole collection pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see. So, hop to it, gang. Remind Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pet. That's the only way you can get these comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But you'll find your exclusive prize in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And is Pep terrific when it comes to good eating at breakfast. Whole wheat flakes, sunny and golden toasted, crisp and fresh as can be. 
pet is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's loaded with catchy sunshine flavor. So ask mom to stock up on P-E-P, the Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. Identified by two millionaire victims as the spectacular thief known as the Monkey Burglar, a youth who, wearing the costume of Batman's young companion, has been scaling the walls of skyscraper apartment buildings to commit robbery, Robin was arrested and jailed. With great difficulty, Superman and Batman persuaded Inspector Henderson to release the boy in order to set a trap for the monkey burglar. Then Robin was taken to Jim Olsen's house, and several hours later, both youngsters were abducted. Later that night, while Superman, Batman, and the police searched for them, the monkey burglar struck again. The following morning, a man phoned editor Perry White to inform him that a young man claiming to be Jim Olsen had walked into his small general store, and after asking that White be notified, collapsed. Kent and White dashed out. And as we join them now, they are driving the revived but still weak Jim Olsen back to the Daily Planet. Listen. How are you feeling now, Jim? Better? Yeah, Mr. Kent. Much better, thanks. Oh, poor kid. That must have been a horrible experience. It wasn't pleasant, Mr. White. I can tell you that. No, I'm sure it wasn't. Poor Robin. Heaven knows what's happening to him. You have no idea where they took him? Oh, how could I? I? I told you I was knocked out. Easy, Jim. Easy. Here we are back at the planet. See, Batman will probably be waiting for us in the chief's office, and you can tell all of us the whole story. Come on. Well, I just talked with your mother, Jim, and told her you're okay. Chief, thanks, Chief. Now, where is that Batman? Oh, he'll probably be here in a minute. I just called his home, and he left. Well, we can't sit here waiting for him all day. I'm bursting with curiosity. Uh, why don't you start talking, Jim, and then we can bring Batman... No, 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 Chief. No, let, let's wait just a little while. Give Jim a chance to relax some more. Well, okay, but if he doesn't come... Oh, here's Batman now. Hello, Clark. Hello. Sorry I'm late. Well, another minute, we wouldn't have waited. Waited for what, Mr. White? I did... Great guns. Jim, Jim Olsen. Hiya, Batman. I wanted to prepare you for this, Batman, but... But, but you... how did you get here? Where'd you come from? When did you... I don't know exactly. You don't know? No, Look, I... Look, Batman, it's, it's a long story. Oh, where's Robin? I... I don't know. Good grief, what's going on no, here? Oh, no, take it easy, Batman. Take it easy. How can I take it easy when Robin... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll tell you briefly how we found Jim, and then he can take it from there and tell all of us what happened before that. Yes. We deliberately held him up until you got here so we could all get the story together. Well, thanks, but but poor Robin... Uh, he'll be all right, Batman. I hope... Sure he will. Now, sit down and listen, will you? Okay. About an hour ago, we got a telephone call from a man who runs a general store in River Falls. He told us that Jim had staggered into his place and after identifying himself and asking that we be called, collapsed. Well, the chief and I rushed out there and found Jim conscious but still very weak. Yes, we didn't want him to talk right away, so we carried him into Kent's car and brought him here. Now, I think he feels well enough to talk, right, Jim? Yeah, I'm okay now. Well, then, for heaven's sake, tell us what you know. Okay, but I don't know much. Nothing at all about what happened after we left the house because I was out cold. Poor kid. Knocked out? By whom? Well, here's the story. Robin and I were talking in my house when the doorbell rang. I opened it, and two men carrying guns forced their way in. Great shooter. Each of them grabbed one of us. Robin yelled to fight them. Then the guy he was tussling with hit him over the head with his gun butt and knocked him out. Oh, no. I turned to yell, and then I remember seeing a million stars, and... Well, a second later, everything went black. The dirty cowards. Who were the men? Did you get a look at them, Jim? No, I didn't, Mr. Kent. You see, they had handkerchiefs over their faces, and their hats were pulled down low. Uh-oh. All I know is that one was a skinny, wiry guy, and the other one was a husky bruiser. I see. That's not much help. It certainly isn't. No, but go on, Jim. What happened then? Well, the next thing I remember is waking up on the floor in the back of a car. 
One of the two thugs, the big one, was in the back seat with me. Another one, a different one, was driving. What about Robin? He wasn't there. What? He wasn't? No, Batman. I I don't know what happened to him. Oh, great Lucifer. Clark, that must mean that Robin easy, is... Easy, easy, Batman. Let's hear the rest of this before jumping to conclusions. How did you get away, Jim? Well, I didn't really get away. The men let me go. Really? They did? That's right, Chief. They stopped the car and made me get out and then told me to walk back on the dirt road we were on. It was way out in the country someplace and dark. Did they tell you where the road led? Uh-huh. They said I'd come to a highway that would lead me to Metropolis. I see. Go on. Well, I must have walked for hours. The dog chased me once and I ran. On top of that, I was dizzy from that knock on the head. No and... wonder you fainted. Yes. Look, Jim. But, Robin, what happened to him? Gosh, I don't know, Batman. I didn't see him. Then as the car pulled away, I tried to get the license number, but there was mud on it. Besides, my head was going around. I'm worried, Clark. Do you think the monkey burglar's gang has Robin? They must have. They took him away so he wouldn't be able to prove he was at Jim's house when the Sims' apartment was being robbed. Oh, that's so. Why didn't they let him go after the robbery the way they did Jim? Well, that's what worries me, Chief. Me too. Now, how are we going to find him, Clark? We haven't even a single clue to where he may be. Oh, yes, we have. What? What's that? Did you forget the gymnast's medal, the one we found in the Sims' apartment? Oh, yes. Well, what about it? Well, I'm certain the monkey burglar dropped it. If he did... We'll have the identity of the monkey burglar. Well, that's not going to be easy to trace. You better to Inspector Henderson may have traced it by now. Let's go over there and see. Say, what's all this about a medal? We'll tell you about it on the way to headquarters, Jim. Let's get going. Well, Inspector, now that you've heard Jim's story, do you still think Robin's abduction was phony? I certainly do, Batman. What? What? Why do you say that, Inspector? Because I still think Robin is the monkey burglar. What? That his gang put on that phony act last well, night. What about Jim? They tapped Jim on the head and took him along, just to make it look good. Oh, now, I look, I tell you, Inspector. it wasn't phony. And I say it was. By George, Now, I'm listen. Good. I've taken just about as much... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not get into an argument again. Clark, There's I... only one way to prove Robin's innocence, and that's to find the real monkey burglar. Stop wasting your time, Kent. Look, what about that medal I found in the Sims apartment, Inspector? Have you identified it yet? Yeah. Yeah, I got a report on it just before you came in, Kent. Good. What'd you find out? That it's a medal for winning first place in a gymnastics contest. Yes? One in the annual State Interscholastic Athletic Association Championship. That adds up all right, because we know the monkey burglar is a crack athlete. Right. But the important thing is the name of the winner of that medal. Did you get that, Inspector? Not yet. I was just going over to the state high school athletic office to check their files when you fellas came in. What are we waiting for? Let's all go over there now. Oh, now, take it easy, Batman. Naturally, I'm going through on this clue. But the chances are we'll find the medal belongs to some perfectly innocent person. One of the workmen in the Sims apartment. I don't think so. I'm sure you're wrong, Inspector. I think that medal was dropped by the monkey burglar, and as soon as we trace it, we'll be on his trail. Come on, we've no time to waste. Let's get over to the high school athletic office. Accompanied by Inspector Henderson, our friends leave police headquarters to trace the gymnastics medal. Their only clue to the monkey burglar and to Robin. What will they discover? After dropping the exhausted Jimmy Olsen at his home, Clark Kent, Batman, and Inspector Henderson proceeded to the offices of the State High School Athletic Association. We join them there now as they are speaking to Mr. Bogart, the director. I understand it, Mr. Bogart. This medal was awarded for the gymnastic championship in a state high school meet, right? That's right, Inspector. Can you give us the name of the boy who won it, Mr. Bogart? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, Mr. Cat, I can give you the names of ten boys who won it. Ten, ten boys? Well, how's that? Well, we've been giving medals like this for the past ten years. Oh, I see. Uh-oh. But this one couldn't have been won more than a year or two ago. The monkey burglar is only a youngster. How can we be sure of that, Kent? He may be small and look young in that mask and costume. Well, yes, oh, but rats. I... rats, we know he's young. We know his name, too. Oh, now, so let's stop wasting time. We're not wasting time. Certainly not. It's worth a try, anyhow. 
would you get the records, please, Mr. Bogart? Be glad to, Mr. Kent. Thank you. I'm afraid we're barking up the wrong tree, Kent. Chances are this medal was won years ago. I think it was won last year, or a year before at most. I sure hope so. And we can't afford to overlook this clue, Inspector. It's our only lead to finding Robin and clearing him of this charge. Yes, and it's got to pay off. It must. Well, for your sake, I hope it does. Here are the records, gentlemen. As you'll see, there are ten names. All right, let's have them, Mr. Bogart. I've got a strong hunch that one of them is the monkey burglar. Eagerly, Clark Kent and Batman scan the paper on which is listed ten names, representing ten boys who won the state high school gymnastics championship within as many years. Will one of those boys turn out to be the monkey burglar? Meanwhile, what of the missing Robin? What is happening to him? Will this clue lead our friends to Batman's young companion? We'll learn much more tomorrow, fellows and girls, when we find out what has happened to Robin. So don't fail to be with us then. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DZ comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman and Batman continue their search for Robin, unaware that the boy is doomed to death by the monkey burglar's henchmen. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, nowadays, when you read the funny papers, you're reminded of those comic buttons in the new series all the gang's collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pep. And when you take a look at any of your Pep comic buttons, you're reminded of your favorite character's adventures right in the funny papers. It's swell fun because those pictures are so doggone true to life that, well, you'd almost think that you're going to hear the siren on Chief Brandon's police car or hear Superman's famous up, up, and away. You see, every single one of those 18 different pictures is an accurate reproduction of one of your funny sheet favorites. It's done up in bright color, too, so that you'll feel like strutting around when you wear your pep comic buttons on your jacket or your dresser cap. And remember, you get these prizes the easy way. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You just look for your prize inside every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And say, speaking of prizes, how about the good eating you get in Kellogg's Pep, too? Pep is so crisp and, and fresh and toasty, it's full up to the brim with catchy sunshine flavor. You know, Pep is called the sunshine cereal. It's a prize in good breakfast eating. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. 
As you remember, Batman's young companion, Robin, is in the hands of a gang behind the so-called Monkey Burglar, a daring young acrobat who, dressed as Robin, has been scaling the walls of skyscraper apartment buildings and robbing the wealthy occupants. In an attempt to find Robin, Clark Kent and Batman visited the last apartment robbed by the mysterious thief. There, Kent found a high school medal, emblematic of the state gymnastics championship, which he and Batman believed to be an important clue dropped by the Monkey Burglar. But at the High School Athletic Association, our friends learned that ten such medals had been won in the last decade by ten different boys, thus giving them ten suspects. As we continue now, Kent, Batman, and Inspector Henderson, still baffled, are returning to police headquarters in a taxi cab. Listen. It'll take time to track down ten different boys, Clark. Meanwhile, heaven only knows what's happening to Robin. Or, or even where he is. Take it easy, Batman. We don't have to track down all ten boys who won the medal. How else can we know which one is the monkey bird? Yeah, how do you figure that, Kent? Unless you're willing to admit it's Robin. Oh, no, don't start that routine again, Inspector. Okay, okay. What's your angle, Kent? Well, I don't think we have to track down all ten boys on this list because the monkey burglar has been identified as being about 15 or 16 years old. Uh-huh. And a boy who was in high school 10, 9, or even 5 years ago would be older than 15 or 16 now. That's right. So all we have to do is check the boys who won the medal in, well, say the last four years. Is that all right with you, Inspector? Oh, sure. Help yourself, Kent. Personally, I'm all washed up with this medal angle. For my money, it's a wild goose chase. Now, look, Inspector, this I'm, is no... I'm awful listening to you fellas. Because the mayor, the newspapers, the citizens' committee, every big shot in town is on my neck. I but know. Look, I've got just 24 hours to put the monkey burglar behind bars. If I don't do it, well, I'm out on my ear. Well, here's headquarters. Coming in with me, Ken? No, thanks. Batman and I are going to work on this list of medal winners. Yes, and I'll bet we'll make each your words, Inspector. Yeah, I doubt it. Well, again, I say for your sake, I hope so. Thanks. So long. So long, Inspector. Uh, driver, go on to 1228 Bridge Street. Okay. Uh, what's that address, Clark? That's where a boy named George Henline lives. He won the state gymnastic championship in 1945. Why'd you pick him first? Because he's first on the list. Oh. Oh, you better shed your costume, Batman. I think it would be better for you to appear simply as Bruce Wayne. Okay. Make it snappy. We're turning into Bridge Street now. <laughs> D, wasn't it, Bat... Uh, I mean, Bruce? Yes, that's what it said in the mailbox, Clark. Okay, here we are. And here's hoping we get the jackpot right off. We know in a minute. Here comes a woman to answer our knock. Well, how do you... Oh, oh your X-ray vision. Quiet. Yes? Uh, pardon me, are you Mrs. Henline? Yes, what do We you... understand that your son, George, won the state high school gymnastic championship three years ago. Is that right? Why, yes, it is. George is a wonderful athlete. Oh? As a matter of fact, he may be on the next Olympic team. Well. That's what he said in his last letter. His letter? Uh, what do you mean, Mrs. Henline? Why, he's in Germany, you know. Germany? Germany? Well, yes, with the army of occupation. Uh-oh. But hmm. do come in, and I'll be glad to tell you what you wanted all about George. Well, thanks very much, but it won't be necessary now. We wanted to talk with your son, but since he's out of the country... We're sorry we troubled you. Yes. Thanks, and goodbye, Mrs. Henline. No trouble at all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that's that for number one. All right, come on, Bruce. Right. Who's next, Clark? Well, let's take a look. Uh, Frank Ames, 126 Crescent Drive. Okay, let's go. Mr. Ames, we understand that your son Frank won the high school gymnastic championship two years ago, is that right? Yes, that's right, Mr. Kent. Frank's quite an athlete. Well, may I ask why you're inquiring about that? Yes, certainly. You see, I'm a reporter for the Daily Planet, and my friend Bruce Wayne... Oh, reporters. Well, quite a few of you gentlemen of the press have been here to get a story since Frank went to training camp. What? Training camp? Why, yes. I assumed you knew he signed a contract with the Red Sox baseball team and went south to their training camp last week. No, I... Frank's an excellent pitcher, you know. Oh, oh, yes. He went south last week? That's right. Blank number two. I beg your pardon? Oh, uh, it's our mistake, Mr. Ames. Mistake? I'm afraid I don't understand. Well, we were looking for a different story. And a different boy. Yes, so we'll apologize for bothering you and get along. Thanks very much, though. Goodbye, Mr. Ames. Let's go, Clark. 
Right. On to prospect number three. I see you're getting set for a trip with Superman. Right. Well, where to now? Next stop is downstate in Bensonville to see a boy named Phil Edwards who won the state gymnastic championship in 1943. Well, I hope this one pans out. I'm beginning to think we may be barking up the wrong tree. I don't think we are. There. All set. You ready? Yep. Let her rip. Okay. Up and away! My son, Phil, did win the state gymnastic championship in 1943. I see. Could you tell me where he is now, Mrs. Edwards? Certainly. He's in college now. In college? Yes. He's an excellent student, and he manages to keep up his athletics, too. He's on the team at State College. Is uh, this a picture of your son, Mrs. Edwards? That's right. He's a fine-looking boy. Mm, He must be over six feet tall. He's exactly six feet two inches tall. Well, that lets him out, Clark. Lets him out? No, no, nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. Thank you, Mrs. Edwards. Thanks very much. Come on, Bruce. We have one prospect left. Three tries and three blanks. Maybe Inspector Henderson was right, Clark, when he said some perfectly innocent person dropped the medal. Uh-uh. No, sir. My hunch still says the monkey burglar dropped it, and we've got one more chance to prove it. Who's our last prospect? A boy named Billy Riggs, who lives on Morton Street in Metropolis. He won the medal last year. I see. There we are. Now, you're all set for a quick trip by a Superman Express? Yes, but this is our last chance. If Billy Riggs isn't the monkey burglar, we may never find Robin. Last chances have paid off for me before, Bruce. Well, I've got my fingers crossed, Superman. Right. Here we go. Up and away! Leaping high into the sky with Bruce Wayne, Superman rockets back to Metropolis, following the final clue which may or may not lead our friends to the mysterious monkey burglar, and so to the missing Robin. Are they on the right track? Now in a small apartment in the squalid tenement district of Metropolis, we find the thin, wiry man called Spider and Jonesy, his husky henchman, engaged in conversation. Jeepers, Spider. That Robin kid sure is a little wildcat. But Slim and I got him tied up now, so he'll stay tied. Good. <laughs> I gotta laugh when I think about how the cops are sure he's the monkey burglar. Yeah, we got him fooled all right, huh? Now I'm gonna keep him fooled till this last caper is over. The one we pulled tonight. Boy, is this one a pip. At least a hundred grand. Hey, that's a lot of cabbage. And how? With that and what we already got, we can retire after tonight, don't you? Yeah, well, that'll be okay with me. You know, the kid's been giving me the jitters. You mean Robin? No, a monkey kid. Complaining all the time, and especially since he lost his good luck piece. What good luck piece? Didn't he tell you? He always carries some little medley one in a high school gym meet or something. Says it's his good luck piece. So what? Well, so this morning he couldn't find it. Now he went home to see if it's there. He went home? Yeah. What you let him do that for, you lunkhead? Well, I figured it might calm him down if he finds his dopey medal. Anyhow, you let him go home before. Yeah, but not in the daytime when he's supposed to be in school. Hey, I never thought of that. Ah, well, maybe it don't matter anymore. Because we'll be all done with him after tonight anyhow. Look, you, uh, you're just gonna let him go then, Spider? Are you kidding? With all he knows? Yeah, I didn't think you would. Uh, how about the Robin kid? Yeah, we're gonna let the cops find him. The cops? But Robin's seen me, and he's seen you too. Don't be so dumb, Jonesy. Robin ain't gonna be able to talk when the cops find him. Oh, you mean... Sure. The cops think Robin is the monkey burglar? Okay. So they're gonna find him tonight, after we pull this last caper. But like I say, he ain't gonna be able to tell him he ain't the monkey burglar. And neither is Billy Riggs. 
the real monkey burglar. Screaming, Spider pronounces doom for Robin. And for the boy named Billy Riggs, the real monkey burglar. Will Superman and Batman meet Billy Riggs, who is the one person who might yet be able to lead them to Robin in time to save the youngster's life? What will happen? A great deal happens in tomorrow's exciting episode. So don't fail to be with us. Tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman and Batman trail Robin's captor to his den, only to find that the spider's lair is empty. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it would be a doggone shame if you should miss out on a single one of those swell comic buttons in that new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Because every single one of those 18 different buttons is so bright-colored and gleaming that, well, they look mighty smart pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And every single picture of your favorite comic strip characters is a dead ringer for one of your friends you've been following in the funny papers for a long, long time. Old favorites like Brenda Starr and Tess Trueheart and Superman himself. So get busy on your collection, gang. It's easy as anything. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these pep comic buttons anywhere. You get them just by asking Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep and looking inside each package for your prize. Yes, sir, Kellogg's Pep is a prize package, all right. Such a super delicious dish for breakfast that, well, you practically can't resist it. Those toasted flakes of good whole wheat are crisp and, and golden and loaded with that catchy sunshine flavor. Good for you, too. Sure, Mom knows that. It gives you energy vitamin B1 plus added amounts of that good old sunshine vitamin D that's so important these wintry days. So ask Mom to get you lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now the adventures of Superman. A small silver medal emblematic of the state high school gymnastics championship is the only clue Superman and Batman have to the so-called monkey burglar who has been impersonating Robin and whose confederates are holding Batman's young companion. Ten boys, they learned, had won such a medal. But by a process of elimination, Superman and Batman finally reached the name of Billy Riggs, who, as we know, is the monkey burglar. Now, as our friends set out for Billy's house, a man called Spider, who had engineered the abduction of Robin, is completing plans which will accomplish the end of both Robin and his young impersonator. 
As we continue now, we find the wiry spider in his small apartment, where he is explaining his plan to a heavyset man, his confederate, Jonesy. Listen. Uh, here's the setup, Jonesy. Tonight, as I said, our monkey burglar pulls his last job. And this one will be worth about a hundred grand. Hey, that sounds good to me. Where is all this, though, Spider? It's in the apartment of a Raja. A what? A Raja. He's kind of like a king over in India. Oh. Well, this Raja's over here for the United Nations meeting, see? And he's got the dough and hard cash and lots of jewels that he keeps around his apartment in the Crescent Towers. Uh-huh. It's like hitting a jackpot. Yeah. And when we get that dough, I'll close up my gym and we'll go traveling, Jonesy. We'll see the world and never have to steal another nickel. Hot dog. Now, about the two kids, Billy and that Robin character. We'll take care of them right after the job tonight, like I said. Okay, swell. Hey, it's almost six o'clock. Where's Billy? I told you. He went home to look for that medal he lost. The one he calls his lucky piece. Yeah, I know, but he ought to be back by now, though. I told him there was a big job here for tonight. Don't worry, he'll be back soon. He'd better be. Now get this, Jonesy. As soon as Billy gets back, see that he gets dressed up in his Robin costume and we'll get going. It'll be dark by then. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll want two cars tonight. Two? What for? Well, I'll ride with Billy in the coupe. You and Slim follow in the sedan with Robin. By the way, he's tied up and gagged, ain't he? You bet he is. Okay. You better go out to the garage now and check the cars. Then as soon as Billy gets back and change, we'll get started. This is a big night, Jonesy. As Spider and Jonesy prepare for the monkey burglar's final job and for the end of young Robin, Superman and Batman in their guises of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne have arrived in another tenement apartment hardly a mile away. There they are admitted by Billy Riggs' mother, a gentlewoman whose pleasant face is lined with care. Sit down, Mr. Kent and Mr. Wayne. Thanks. Thank you. I suppose one of you is the new truant officer. What? Well, no, you see, I've we been were... expecting you. You see, I know Billy's been playing hooky a lot lately. Yes? Yes, but as I told his principal, Mr. Thompson, Billy is really a good boy, and he used to like school, but he's so crazy about gymnastics. He won the state high school championship last spring, you know. Yes, we know. And now his heart is set on being a circus acrobat. Oh? He's very good at it, too, you know. Why, you should see him climb ropes and do tricks on flying rings. Oh, yes, But then, when his school got so overcrowded, he could only go half days, and he wasn't allowed to practice in the gym. He, well, he just lost interest in school. Yes, I know. It's a shame that we don't have enough schools and playgrounds in Metropolis, but uh, about Billy's playing hooky, Mrs. Riggs, do you know that... Oh, the... I've talked to him, Mr. Kent. I've explained to him how important an education is. Oh, yes, but that's not what but I meant But as I to... say, his first and only interest is in getting to be a circus acrobat. Uh-huh. And so when he met this man who said he would help him, and who had this wonderful big gymnasium that Billy could practice in and earn money, too, what? well, Billy's been going there day and night. He has, eh? Say, Billy's been working in a gym at night? Oh, yes. He's worked practically every night for the last two weeks. Uh-oh. Uh, how's he been doing, Mrs. Ray? Oh, very well. He's been good to me, too. He bought me that new radio phonograph in the corner. Yes, I noticed that. And a vacuum cleaner and two new dresses and a hat. Mm, seems to be making quite a lot of money for part-time work, don't you think? Oh, well, I forgot to tell you, Mr. Wayne, that this man who owns a gymnasium thinks Billy is bound to be a great success as a circus performer. So he's sort of acting as Billy's manager and agent, and he's been advancing him a little money as well as paying him a salary for working in his gymnasium. I see. Now, tell me, Mrs. Riggs, yes? do you happen to know if Billy still has the medal he won at the state championships last spring? Why... 
Why, it's strange you should ask me that, Mr. Kent. Really? Yes, you see, Billy was here just a little while ago about that very metal. He was? Yes, it, it seems he lost it. And lost it? Oh, boy. Yes, and he was quite upset about it. We looked all over, turned the house upside down, you might say. We couldn't find well, it. Well, that proves it, Clark. Billy is the... Easy, Bruce. What did you say, Mr. Wayne? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing important. Uh, tell me, Mrs. Riggs, did Billy go back to the gymnasium? Why, yes, I guess he did. Uh, where is it, do you know? Uh, it's downtown on 8th Avenue. I'm not quite sure just where, What's but, the name um, of the man who owns it? Oh, I don't know his name. Mm. But Billy calls in the spider. Spider? Jupiter. That may be spider games. You know him, Bruce? And how? And I know where his gym is, too. Prize fighters train there. Come on, let's run down and have a look around the place. Check. Wait, Mr. King. Uh, sorry, Mrs. Riggs. We've no time to waste. Thanks for your trouble, though. Bye. This is Spider Games, Jim Clark. Oh. You see him around? Spider, I mean? No, I don't. I don't see any boy young enough to be Billy Riggs either, Bruce. Do you? No, but wait, I know that character in the black jersey. He's an ex-pug. He's a fight trainer now. Hey, Mickey. Mickey Hogan. Hi, Mr. Wayne. Be with you in a minute. Okay. Hey, how come you're so well acquainted around here? Well, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be a rich playboy, you know. And as such, I'm interested in prize fights and fighters. Oh, I see. Incidentally, I happen to know that Spider Games is a bad apple. Really? Yes, he's been mixed up in plenty of fixed fights. But he's too clever to be caught. Hey, that makes all this add up even more. Yes, and hold it. Here comes Mickey. Hiya, Mr. Wayne. How you been? Ain't seen you at the fights in a long time. Oh, I've been pretty busy, Mickey. Uh, by the way, this is Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. Mickey Hogan. Glad to know you, Mickey. Same here. Uh, look, Mickey, uh, do you happen to know where uh, Billy Riggs is? Riggs? What do you want with him? Oh, nothing. Just that my friend here heard a rumor that the boy's been working out with Spider, who's grooming him to be the next lightweight champ. So, as a good reporter, Kent wants to do a story on him. Ah, uh, well, ain't nothing in that. The kid ain't no fighter. He isn't? No, he just works out of the gym apparatus. Oh, I see. Well, just the same, I'd like to do a story on him. So, if you'll tell me where to find him, I'll be much obliged. Well, I don't know if I can tell you that. Why? Well, uh, uh, Maybe this will make it easier, Mickey. Yeah, 20 bucks. Gee, thanks, Mr. Wayne. You're welcome. Think you can remember where Billy Riggs is now? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, Spider don't want us to talk about the kid on the count he's supposed to be in school, see? Oh, yeah, sure. Where is he, Mickey? I'm not sure right now. He was here just a little while ago looking for some metal or something he lost, see? Yes. The Spider called up and talked to him on the phone. He went out of here on the double. Over to Spider's house, I think. Uh-oh. Where does Spider live, Mickey? On 12th Street. Number, uh, uh, let me see now. Uh, 221. 221 12th Street? Yeah, that's right. But hey... For the love of Pete, don't tell Spider I told you. Don't worry, Mickey. No, don't worry. Come on, Bruce, let's go. Now, wait a minute, Bruce. Hmm? I think we'd better change to our Superman and Batman costumes. This alley will do fine for that purpose. Yeah, right, Kent. Boy, wait a minute. Huh? We weren't so smart, Clark. Why? What's the matter? Mickey decides to phone Spider and tell him we were asking for Billy Riggs. Don't what? you worry about that. We'll be there before Spider can hang up the phone. Because in case you've forgotten, we're traveling by Superman Express. Oh, that's right. Now, if only Robin is there. We'll know in two shakes. All right, I'm all set. How about you? I'm ready, willing, and able. Okay, hang on, then. Here we go. Up and away! Leaping up from the dark alley with Batman, Superman streaks away to Spider-Man's apartment. Will they arrive in time to avert the fate arranged for Robin? As we continue now, Superman and Batman have just arrived at the door of Spider-Gan's apartment. Batman is about to ring the bell, but Superman, whose X-ray vision has pierced the thick door, stops him with... It's no use, Batman. We're too late. Too late? What do you mean? The apartment has been cleaned out. Cleaned out? Yes. Spider, Billy Riggs, and Robin are gone. Oh, no. What will we do? Now, how can we ever find Robin? Robin. 
staring completely helpless. The two tall figures in costumes and capes stand outside Spider Gan's empty apartment. Now entirely at a loss as to how to find Batman's young companion. As we know, Spider and Billy Riggs, followed by Jonesy with the trussed-up Robin, left the apartment only a short time ago on an expedition which was to see the last exploit of the monkey burglar and which was to culminate in his finish and Robin. Now Superman and Batman seem to be stymied. But you can depend on their doing something and soon. What it is, you'll learn on Monday when we bring you one of our most exciting and suspenseful episodes. So be sure to tune in Monday. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P, Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, while Superman and Batman follow their last slim clue... The villainous spider prepares for Robin's immediate death. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, here's something I noticed the other day. Among all those characters whose pictures are on the new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out, there's not one villain. Yes, sir, you can say something good about every single one of those 18 different funny paper friends. Like a Chief Brandon, for instance. He's a brave officer of the law. And Beezy from Harold Teen. He's always good for a laugh. And Superman himself, a real hero. 
What's more, you can say lots of good things about the way those pet comic buttons are done up. The colors are so bright and clear on that gleaming white background that, well, you're mighty proud to wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And for downright exciting fun, you can't beat the thrill of, of getting a new button every time Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. That's the only way you can get them, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But you get a comic button every time you open a package of Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. That's the good whole wheat cereal with the catchy sunshine flavor, the tender, crisp, golden toasted flakes that keep you coming right back for more. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that Robin is being held by a clever gang of thieves to blind the police to the real identity of the monkey burglar, the daring young acrobat who had been scaling tall apartment buildings and robbing their occupants, Superman and Batman have traced a single clue to a 16-year-old boy named Billy Riggs. Then, following the boy's trail, they tracked him to the home of Spider Gans, a ferret-faced man who runs the gymnasium and who is really the brains behind the monkey burglar's operations. But when they arrived at Spider's home, hopeful of finding Robin there, they found the place empty. Discouraged and worried for the safety of his young companion, Batman turned to Kent and said, We're too late, Superman. I'm afraid now we'll never see Robin alive again. And Batman is nearly right. For at this moment, Robin, securely bound and gagged, lies on the floor in the back of a sedan driven by one of Spider's henchmen. While up ahead, Spider himself drives a dark coupe in which, seated beside him, is Billy Riggs, the real monkey burglar. Listen. Now look, Billy, this job I got lined up for you tonight's a left-handed cinch. Yeah? Sure, only 14 floors and in the back of a house facing on an alley, with no guards, no nothing. What makes that so easy? Well, you've done better than that. You even climbed up a wall to the 22nd floor, and this yeah, is... Yeah, I know, I know. Look, what's eating you, kid? You ain't scared all of a sudden, are you? Sure I am. What? I'm always scared, Spider. Scared silly, because I don't like this kind of stuff. Now, look, Billy... I wasn't cut out to be a crook. I never wanted to do anything like this. You know that. Sure, sure, but... All I ever wanted was to be a champion acrobat and get good enough to be a circus star. You said you were going to help me. I am, Billy. I am. Now, just give me some... Ah, that's what you said before each robbery. Just give me some time, you said. That's right. Just one more job and we'll have enough money for expenses to build a big act. And keep going until we get a booking with a big-time circus. But every time it's the same thing all over again. Now, listen, kid. Listen, listen, listen. All I've done is listen to you. And now look where I am. Behind the eight ball with all the cops in Metropolis looking for me. Then what am I? A crook. That's enough, kid. Oh, no, it isn't. I'm going to... I said that's enough. Now, you just shut up and listen to me for a minute. First of all, I want you to know that this caper we're pulling tonight is the biggest one yet, and definitely the last. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's over 100,000 bucks worth of folded money and jewels in the apartment you're going to visit tonight, see? 100,000? That's right. Now, that, together with what we already got, will put us on easy street for... Oop, here. Almost missed that red light. Don't want to get stopped by no cops tonight, not even for only passing the light. Well, look, Spider, who's got so much valuable stuff in his apartment? One of them Indian rags has here for the United Nations meeting, and brother, is he loaded. Oh, gee whiz, I don't want to rob a... well, a guy like that. Why? What difference does it make? Well, a U.N. delegate. Well, he's the guy who's here to stop wars. Ah, cut the drool. There, lights change. No, Spider, I'm not going to do it. What's that? You heard me. I quit right now. Oh, no, you don't. Yes, I do. You can't make me cry. Can't I? No, you can't. Now, stop and let me out of here. Not so fast, kid. Let me out of here. You do just as I say or else. Or else what? I'll turn you over to the cops. You'll turn me over? You bet I will. I'll tell them I caught you climbing into my apartment. They'll slap you in the can so fast it'll make your head spin. Then they'll throw away the key for at least 20 years. How'd you like that, huh? 
They wouldn't believe you. I'll tell them you made me do it. I'll You'll be them... wasting your breath, sonny boy. No, no. Now, I... be a smart kid. Pull this one last job for us and everything will be Jake, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. Add up, boy. Now we'll have all the dough we need. You'll have your circus career and everything will be just hunky-dory. There's no point just standing here in front of Spider's apartment with long faces and the feeling that all is lost. I'm afraid that just about sums up the situation, Superman. Robin is... well, he... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not like you to give up so easily. But what else can we do? This is the end of the trail and Robin's not here. Nonsense. The very fact that the boy's not here indicates that this is not the end of the trail. Then where does it go from here? Well, that's what we've got to find out, and fast. Yes, but how? Well, I don't know exactly. That's it. Maybe we can pick up a clue inside Spider's apartment that'll put us on the trail again. Who say, that's a possibility. But can we just break in there, I mean, without a warrant or anything? I know it's illegal, but there's a life at stake. Right, and I'm for doing it. Okay, stand back. Mr. Spider Gans, here we come. Here we are, Billy. This is the alley behind the Rajah's apartment, Billy. Now, you know what you're to do? Yeah, yeah. Good. But I'm still worried about losing my medal. It was my good luck piece, you know. Ah, forget it. Hey, who's that? Relax. It's Jonesy. Just pulled up in back of us. Huh. Okay, pile out. Spider. Yeah, Jonesy? Everything okay? Just dandy. Well. Now, look, Billy. The Rajah's apartment is the one on the far corner to your right on the 14th floor. Get up there as fast as you can. Scoop up everything you can find and beat it down here without losing any time, savvy? Yeah. When you're ready to come down, give us a whistle and we'll have the motors running and ready for a fast getaway. Okay. All set now, kid? Uh-huh. All right, get going. Hey, Jonesy. Yeah. Come here. Everything's going swell, huh, Spider? So far. How's that Robin kid? Tied up tighter in a drum. What do we do with him? I got it all figured out how we fix it so the cops find his body. His body? That's right. Now, listen. This is what you're to do. Give him a sharp rap on the head and knock him out, see? Okay, but be quiet and get this. When you're sure he's unconscious, take him out of the car and carry him over to where the alley comes out on the street. Got that? Yeah. Then what? Take the ropes and gag off him and let him lay there. And when Billy comes down, we jump in the car, see? Yeah. And when the cops find Robin, he's a dead monkey burglar. Boy, what a hunk of brain you've got, Spider. Okay. I see Billy made the Rajah's place. Go on over and check on Robin now. Quiet and careful. As the hulking figure of Jonesy fades into the dark shadows of the alley, Spider Gans lurks in the inky blackness beneath the Rajah's window, an evil smile of anticipation on his face. Will his nefarious scheme for the destruction of Batman's young companion Robin be successful? As we rejoin them now, Superman and Batman, in a desperate effort to find a clue that may lead them to Robin, have gained entry to Spider's apartment and are now engaged in making a thorough search. Oh, just look at this place, Superman. It's cleaned out. Yes, I see. No clothes, no papers, nothing. Nothing of any value to us, at any rate. Perfect evidence the Spider doesn't live here anymore. Hmm, nor ever intends to again. Ah, that dirty rat. If I could only get Easy, my hands Batman. on him. Easy, Batman. Easy does it. Okay. But you will admit we're licked now. Uh-uh, not yet. What else can we do? Keep looking. For what? I don't know. Keep oh, looking. that's great. Waste time here looking for heaven only knows what while somewhere poor Robin is... Scott. What's the matter? I think I've got it. Got what, man? For Pete's sake? The clue we've been looking for. You have? Look, 
We know pretty definitely now that Spider Gans is behind Billy Riggs, the youngster who was the real monkey burglar, right? Yes, yes. But... That would indicate that Spider fixed the apartments to be robbed, wouldn't it? Well, certainly it would. Okay. Now, look. Look at this newspaper clipping I found tucked under the seat of that easy chair. Well, say, isn't that a picture of the Raj officer, right? Uh-huh. The guy who's here as United Nations delegate? Right. Well, what's significant about that? Well, don't you see, Batman? The man's wearing jewels worth a king's ransom. Oh, yes. Furthermore, he's immensely wealthy, and one of his reported eccentricities is to have on hand at all times tremendous amounts of cash in addition to jewels. Great Jupiter. You understand now what finding this in Spider's apartment means? Of course. He must have planned to have his monkey burglar rob the Raja. Better than that. My hunch says he's pulling that job tonight. Then, for Pete's sake, let's go there and Ah, see... wait a minute. Not so fast. Clipping's torn and we have his address. So we have to look in the Daily Planet files. Well, let's hurry. We may be too late. Keep your fingers crossed. Up with this window. Now, hang on. Here we go to the Daily Planet. Up and away! Leaping out and into the night sky, Superman carries Batman swiftly to the Daily Planet, where they expect to find the Rajah's address which they hope will lead them to Robin and the capture of the real monkey burglar. But Spider and his cohorts have been working fast and are at this moment getting set to make their getaway, including the destruction of Robin. Will Superman and Batman arrive on time to save what appears to be a hopelessly desperate situation? We'll know tomorrow when this exciting story comes to a smashing climax. So don't fail to be with us then. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, present the adventures of Superman. Today, Superman is almost too late to save the life of Batman's young companion, Robin. 
who leads the furiously desperate fighter a merry chase before this exciting story comes to a thrilling climax. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it's no ordinary sort of happening. That big moment when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. You want to be right there, because you're on edge to see which comic button is inside. Maybe it's a brand new one, a funny paper character that you don't have in your collection yet. Or maybe it's a duplicate, and that's even more fun, because then you can trade with your pals. These pet comic buttons are so doggone smart-looking, the colors are so clear and bright that, well, you're going to want to collect all 18 in that new series. That's right, 18 new and different comic strip characters. Brenda Starr, for instance, and Cindy and Spud and, and the Little Moose, BZ and Goofy, and Superman, of course. And say, did I remember to mention that these pet comic buttons are easy to get? Why, you don't even have to send in a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pet and look inside the package for your new comic button. And say, look out for some good eating fun at breakfast, too, when Pet heads the menu. Those whole wheat flakes are loaded with a catchy sunshine flavor that sure hits the spot. It's good for you, too. Sure, it gives you energy, vitamin B1, and your whole daily minimum need of sunshine vitamin D that helps build strong bones and teeth. Yes, sir. Mom's glad to get you P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Anxious to find Robin, Batman's young companion, Superman and Batman followed a trail that led them to the home of Spider Gans, an underworld character who has misled a daring young acrobat into operating as the monkey burglar. However, our friends arrived to find the place empty. Unwilling to admit defeat, Superman searched every inch of the deserted apartment and was rewarded by the discovery of a torn newspaper clipping, a clue that indicated another bold robbery planned by Spider for his monkey burglar. The victim was to be the fabulously wealthy Rajah of Serac, a U.N. delegate who had just taken an apartment in Metropolis, but the Rajah's address had been torn off. As our story continues today, we find Superman and Batman at the Daily Planet, where, alone in the empty offices, they are going through a file of back issues. Listen going all through Mondays and Tuesdays, papers. Sorry about the Rajas, not neither. Keep looking. Here's another. Okay. But even if we do find the Raj's address, that doesn't necessarily mean we'll walk right into Spider and Robin, does it? My hunch says it does. Okay, but it's still just a hunch. Even if it works out, how do we know Spider hasn't already gotten rid of Robin? Oh, now look, Batman. Robin's not just an ordinary 14-year-old. Yes, I know. So but... I wouldn't worry too much. After all, you've trained him pretty well to take care of himself. That's right, but he's no match for a game. Granted. Why waste time arguing? This is the only clue we've got, so let's follow it through. Okay, Superman, I'll keep looking. Good. I'm still sure this lead is going to pay off. Superman's hunch is good, but Batman's feeling of impending doom for Robin is also well-founded. For at this moment, Spider is seated in a small car parked in the dark shadows of an alley, right under the windows of the Rajah's apartment. Behind his car is another, a sedan in the back of which Robin lies on the floor, bound and gagged. As we join him now, Spider's crafty eyes are drawn up to the 14th floor in response to a whistle. This is the signal that Billy Riggs, the talented young acrobat whom Spider has forced to operate as the monkey burglar, has done his work, is ready to descend with his loot. Turning swiftly to Jonesy, his burly henchman, Spider issues his low-voiced orders. Okay, Jonesy. Billy's coming down now. Know what you're to do? Sure, I wrap that Robin kid up with a knock him and knock him out. Right. Then I take the gag out of his face on time and carry him out the way the alley meets the street. Right. Then as soon as Billy gets in the car, we get going. And then the cops find what they think is a dead monkey burglar, huh? Yeah. No. Oh, wait, Spider. What about Billy? I'll take care of him later. Personal. Now get going. Work fast and clean. Don't worry, Spider. This kind of a job is right up my alley. <laughs> 
it easy, Robin. Oh, kid, you ain't gonna be uncomfortable. Hold on now. Now, relax like a good fella. And Papa will put you to sleep. As the hulking murder bent, Jonesy leans over his blackjack raised to strike at Robin's head. The seemingly helpless boy swiftly pulls his knees up to his chest. Then, uncoiling with the speed and power of a steel spring, Robin drives his rope to beat into Jonesy's unprotected midriff. Sharply and collides with a well-aimed pair of feet, driven by Robin's strong young legs. And taking the blow on the point of his chin, the thug drops unconscious and rolls off the rainboard onto the pavement. Then, alerted by the sound of the scuffle, Spider leaps out of his car and comes on the run to see what has happened. Jonesy! Jonesy, what? Holy smoke, the big lug's out like a light. Well, that settles it. I'll get my gun and put a slug into the little rat. The spider, angered, rushes back to his car for a gun. The slim, costumed figure slips silently out of the dark shadows and quietly opens the door on the other side of the sedan in which Robin lies. Throwing a heavily laden sack on the rear seat, he slips a knife out of his pocket and slashes swiftly at the ropes that bind Fat Man's young companion. A moment later, Robin, freed, tears the gag from his mouth. Oh, thanks, pal, but who... Oh, never mind that now. Just Lucifer, listen. you're wearing my costume. Yeah, yeah, now listen. Cheapers, you are the monkey bird. Right, but if you don't stop gabbing, we'll be a couple of dead monkeys. Spider's sore. I know. I knocked out his boy, Jones. Uh-huh. That he's fixing to knock you off. I couldn't let him do that. Oh, thanks again. We got to work fast if we're going to stop him. So Hold it. Here comes our playmate now. Jiggers, what do we do? Look, you lie low until you hear the body call. Oh, wait, what are you going to... No time for explanations. Just be safe to get this wagon rolling and fast. We seen you. Moving with the silent speed and grace of a cat, Robin steps out of the car and vaults into its roof. Couches like a panther set for a kill. Then when the unsuspecting spider comes into range, he springs forward and down, landing on the man's shoulders, knocking him to the pavement where he lies momentarily stunned. Quickly recovering his equilibrium, Robin jumps up, yelling, Get her going, partner! Split second later, a car motor roars into life. And as it streams off to a running start, Robin leaps aboard, slamming the door shut behind him. At the very moment that the now penitent monkey burglar drives Robin away to what they both mistakenly believe is freedom and safety, in the office of the Daily Planet, Batman calls excitedly to Superman. Superman, look. What? Here it is. The picture story of the Roger Sirac. Well, where's his metropolis apartment, does it say? Yes, yeah, so let's see. It's the Crescent Towers apartments. Okay. Now, here's where we find Spider and rescue Robin from him. If we're not too late. Let's hope we're not. Come on, get set. We're going out this open window. I'm ready. Let's go. Right. Up and away! <laughs> the roof of the Crescent Towers, Batman. Good. Let's get down to the Raja's apartment. Oh, What's the matter, Superman? Wait, we're too late again. What? How do you know? I can see by the excitement in the Raja's apartment that the monkey burglar has come and gone. Oh, no, no. Look, maybe he and Spider are still somewhere nearby with Robin. Uh-uh. At least not within my range of vision. Oh, well, what do we do now? There's only one thing left to do. Scour the city from the air. Hang on. Here we go again. Up and away! <laughs> Is Spider still behind us, Robin? Yeah, Billy. We can't seem to shake. The skunk. Didn't take him long to come to and jump into his car, did it? Not long enough. I should have hit him harder. Well, hang on, pal. I'm going to try to lose him in some of these side streets. I'm set. The worst that can happen is we pile up. And anything's better than falling into Spider's hands again. You said it, chum. Here we go. Born of desperation, Billy Riggs, ex-monkey burglar, tears around corners on two wheels, waving in and out of narrow streets, barely averting accidents many times in an effort to shake the enraged Spider. But Spider, mad with a thirst for vengeance, will not be shaken. Finally, the car bearing the two boys screams around a corner and comes to a shrieking four-wheel stop. 
robbing Lock Sheepers, a dead-end street. Yeah, and here's Spider right behind us. That spells dead-end for us, Billy. And I do mean dead-end. Trapped Robin and the boy who had been forced to impersonate him can only sit and face what seems to be certain death as guns in hand. Spider and his battered henchman Jonesy approach them. What will happen? As we rejoin them now, Robin and Billy Riggs are facing guns held in the hands of Jonesy and the snarling Spider. But you thought you could get away from Spider, huh? Now look, Spider. Shut up. Okay, Jonesy, we fire together. You take Billy and I'll take this fresh punk Robin. One, two, three, and out. Wow, Spider never knew what hit Are you all right? Sure, Batman. Boy, where'd you fall from, heaven? Well, not exactly. I'd say it was just in time to save you from a trip to heaven, Robin. You too, Billy. You like that? You, Superman. Incidentally, how did you two get together? And why was Spider about to rub out his monkey burglar? And how come Oh, you... oh, easy, Batman. I'd suggest you gather up our unconscious friends and drive them over to see Inspector Henderson. The boys can answer all your questions there. Wait a minute, Superman. Can't we do something about Billy? What do you mean? I mean, like, going easy on him. That's but... up to the courts, Robin. Right, Batman. Okay, fellas, go on and wind up the case of the monkey burglar. I've got a hunch a reporter named Clark Kent will be in a hurry to make the early morning edition of this yarn. And something tells me he'll be waiting for you in the inspector's office. So long now. Up and away! A short time later, Superman, his guys of reporter Clark Kent, is in the office of Inspector Henderson, where, together with Batman, he listens and makes notes for a Daily Planet spook story on the monkey burglar, as Robin and Billy Riggs give evidence against Spider and Jonesy. But if Superman thinks his work is done for the day, he is very much mistaken. For at this same time, this very night, a small group of men are gathered around a table in the study of a palatial metropolis residence. And these men, known among themselves as Knights of the White Carnation, are brewing a menace more potent than any Superman has yet encountered. Tomorrow, gang, we meet the Knights of the White Carnation. Learn how their dark plans are uncoiling like some deadly snake, ready to strike at you and me. So don't fail to be with us then. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman is unaware that while Metropolis sleeps, an ugly menace to America is being prepared to strike against the freedom and well-being of all Americans.
Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, have you noticed how many different kinds of characters there are in that new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out? There are blondes, you know, like Cindy, and uh, redheads like Brenda Starr, and kids like Judy and Sparky, and heroes like Superman. Yes, sir, among those 18 different funny paper characters, you'll find all sorts of pictures. That's one reason that these pep comic buttons look so nifty when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. They really show up. As for doggone good fun, well, nothing beats the thrill of getting a new button whenever Mom opens a new package of pep. And trading duplicates with your pals, too. And are these buttons easy to get? You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep and look inside the package for your prize. And say, while you're about it, get a load of how terrific these toasty whole wheat flakes taste at breakfast on a cold morning. Mmm, mmm, crisp and tender and, and fresh as can be. And loaded with a catchy sunshine flavor that keeps you digging right in for more. You know, Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. Gives you good old sunshine vitamin D. So ask Mom to get you some P-E-P. The Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. As our story opens today, our scene is the handsome townhouse of Vincent Kirby, member of an old and aristocratic metropolis family. In the rich, oak-paneled library of the house, six men are seated around a table. In each of their lapels, a white carnation stands out against the dark, conservative material of their business suits. A number of identical newspaper clippings, obviously a reproduction of a photograph of a basketball team, are scattered on the table. Fingering one of the clippings, Vincent Kirby clears his throat. <coughs> I call your attention, gentlemen, to this photograph of the Metropolis High School varsity basketball team, which appeared in the Daily Planet February the 24th. You'll note the caption above the picture reads, Undefeated Metropolis 5, grooming for state championship. The caption below the picture states, the Metropolis High School basketball team undefeated in 16 games. Winner of the All-City Crown is now pointing for the state championship test at the Armory tomorrow night. The quintet Coach Reed will place on the court includes, left to right, Casimir Pulaski, Michael Kelly, Tony Rizzuti, Phil Kaplan, and Jack Wilson. <clears throat> now, gentlemen. I call your attention to the fact that of the five basketball players named, only one, Jack Wilson, is an American. The rest are foreigners. Doesn't it seem rather odd to you that in a great American city like Metropolis, four out of the five members of our championship basketball team should be foreigners? Isn't it a little shocking to discover that names like Pulaski, Kelly, Rizzuti, and Kaplan overbalance a good American name like Wilson, four to one? Yes, gentlemen, it is shocking. Not only shocking, but disgraceful. Not only disgraceful, but dangerous. Now, as you know, I organized the Knights of the White Carnation, which you are all members, to fight for the preservation of Americanism and to defend ourselves against the poisonous propaganda of foreigners, whose only desire is to overthrow our democratic government. And I call upon you now to join with me to eliminate such things as this newspaper clipping indicates. Foreigners taking the places of decent American boys. Just a moment, Mr. Kirby. Huh? Yes, Kenfield? Don't you think you're going a little off the handle, Mr. Kirby? I beg your pardon? What I'd like to say is this. Has it occurred to you that perhaps the reason Pulaski, Kelly, Rizzuti, and Kaplan are on the Metropolis varsity team is that they're better basketball players than my son or yours? I assure you, Canfield, American boys can play basketball fully as well as foreigners. And furthermore, whether they can or not, I, for one, refuse to stand by and permit our boys, our American boys, to suffer by comparison with foreigners. 
If necessary, we'll get rid of the foreigners. Not only off the team, but out of the school. Now, you got anything to say to that, Canfield? Yes, I have. Begin with, I can assure you the four boys named in this newspaper clipping are not foreigners. What would you call them? Americans. Really? Does Pulaski sound like an American name to you? Casimir Pulaski? I suppose you'll tell me his ancestors came over in the Mayflower. <laughs> no, but one of his ancestors, the Polish patriot, General Pulaski, was in this country before your people ever dreamed of coming here. He fought in the American Revolution. And if you study the Metropolis Street Guide, you'll find that Pulaski Street was named after him. And another thing. Wouldn't you be proud to have your oldest son enrolled at West Point? Yes, but I don't see what that has to do with the question at hand, Canfield. It has this much to do with it. Another famous Polish patriot, a man named Kosciuszko, designed and built the original West Point Military Academy. I don't believe it. You're at liberty to consult either a history book or an encyclopedia on that. I'm not interested in consulting anything. My only purpose is to see I'm beginning to understand what your purpose is, Mr. Kirby. When I consented to join your Knights of the White Carnation, I was under the impression it was going to be a group of intelligent metropolis businessmen dedicated to the preservation of the American Constitution and the Bill of Rights. A group that would actively combat the influences of communism, fascism, and all other isms created to destroy freedom of speech, action, and religion. Well, that's exactly what it is. I'm afraid not. I see it now as a group of narrow, bigoted men attempting to create intolerance, prejudice, and hatred among different races and creeds. And I see you, Mr. Kirby, as an individual fully as dangerous as Hitler or Mussolini. How dare you say a thing like that? How dare you? Unfortunately, it's true, Mr. Kirby. You could easily be another Hitler. This meeting could just as easily have taken place in pre-war Germany. I demand an immediate apology for those those slanderous remarks, Mr. Canfield. You'll get no apology, Kirby. But what you will get is this white carnation, which I'm ashamed to say I wore even for a moment. You picked a white flower as your symbol, because white indicates purity. But all the surface purity in the world can't cover the rotten odor of hatred. And I don't like the smell of it. Canfield, you've said enough to make it clear that you don't belong You're here. You're right, I don't. I'm getting out, Kirby, as fast as I can. But before I go, let me warn you. Not only am I withdrawing from this hate-mongering group you call the Knights of the White Carnation, but I'm going to fight you tooth and nail and expose you on the front page of every decent newspaper in America. Good night. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. Now, there's nothing you become alarmed about. Canfield's a fool. Our mistake was inviting him to join us in the first place. Yes, but now he can ruin everything we plan to do. You heard what he said. He threatened to expose us to the press. You seem to forget that I own a controlling interest in the Metropolis Daily Sentinel. Yes, but you don't own the Daily Planet or the Blade or the Ledger. Canfield is a friend of Perry White, editor of the Planet. And the Planet is the most powerful newspaper in the States. What difference does that make? Are we afraid of anything? Well, no, but I feel uh, that we... However, I agree that Canfield might make things difficult for us. We should have tried to pacify him. You can't pacify a rattlesnake, Williams. But you can make him harmless by pulling his fangs. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Pull Mr. Canfield's fangs. How? Just leave it to me. What is Vincent Kirby planning to do? How can he stop Charles Canfield from exposing the Knights of the White Carnation? As we continue now, still seething at the attitude of men he had always considered decent, honorable citizens, Canfield has returned to his home. And parking his car in the garage adjoining the house, walks down the driveway. As he nears the street, a man with his coat collar up around his neck and the snap rim of a belt hat shielding his face steps out of the darkness. Got a match, mister? Sorry, never carry them. Don't smoke you're Charles Canfield, ain't you? Why, yes. 
365 Lake Drive, code 77, urgent, car 1722. Metropolis, Charles Canfield, prominent Metropolis businessman and civic worker, was last night the victim of an armed bandit who stabbed and killed him on the sidewalk outside his residence at 965 Lake Drive. Whatever you're doing. What? Uh, and get down to police headquarters. Well, look, Chief, I just uh, started. Uh, oh, don't argue with me. Do as I say. What about this monkey burglar story? Uh, I just turn your it. notes over to Lois. Turn them over. Uh, let her finish it. Okay, what's well, all the rush? I just learned that Charles Canfield was murdered last night. Yes, I know. It came in on the teletype early this morning. Another of those mugging killings. Yeah, that's what you think. You mean that's what I think, according to Inspector Henderson's statement. That's exactly why I want you to get down to headquarters. Tell Henderson we want the truth. The truth about what? Now, look. Canfield called me at home last night. It was pretty close to midnight. He said he was phoning from a booth in the drugstore. Yes? He made a date to have lunch with me today. I don't get the connection. He said he had a story that would blow Metropolis wide open. Great Scott, you... Canfield was murdered, Kent. And I think he was murdered to keep him quiet. Yes, Mr. White, Charles Canfield was murdered. Not only to keep him quiet, but because he dared defend the truly American principle of fair play and equality against a group of men preaching the doctrine of hate. The Knights of the White Carnation have struck their first vicious blow. The petals of their flowers are touched with blood. What will happen now? Can Clark, can't even a Superman track them down before they strike again? This is only the beginning of one of Superman's most exciting adventures. So be sure to join with him each weekday at this same time as the Man of Steel meets the poisonous challenge of the Knights of the White Carnation. Listen tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copywriter teacher appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. While Superman makes an effort to get behind the murder of Charles Canfield, the men who call themselves the Knights of the White Carnation strike another blow at democracy. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, when there are both boys and girls in a family, there's pretty sure to be a lot of good-natured rivalry. And that's just exactly what's happening with the collections of that new series of comic buttons from Packages of Kellogg's Pet. 
brothers and sisters are racing like anything to see who can collect the most different funny paper characters. Yes, there's a lot of excitement every time Mom opens a new package of pet. And there's a great business of trading duplicates, too. And, of course, you're always mighty proud to pin a new pet comic button with the others on your jacket or your dresser cap. Now, you'll want to collect all 18 of these new series buttons. Vitamin Flint Harden and, and Spud and Superman and all the rest. And if you don't want to be left behind, you better ask Mom to get you some more Kellogg's Pet. That's how easy it is to get these prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy them anywhere. But you get a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And you get something else, too. A doggone delicious dish for breakfast. Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. Those whole wheat flakes are brimful of catchy sunshine flavor. The kind of sunny flavor that's so good on a cold morning. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P. The Sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. At a secret meeting of six prominent metropolis businessmen who call themselves the Knights of the White Carnation, Vincent Kirby, their leader, draws attention to a photograph of the Metropolis High School basketball team published in the Daily Planet. Venomously, Kirby pointed out that four of the boys on the team were obviously of foreign descent, and as such, should not be permitted to play. Angered by this hate-mongering attitude, Charles Canfield, a wealthy industrialist, called Kirby un-American. He then resigned from the group and frankly announced he would do everything in his power to expose the Knights of the White Carnation to the public. Alarmed, Kirby made a phone call, and early the following morning, Clark Kent and Perry White learned that Charles Canfield had been found dead with a knife in his back. As we continue now, we find Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen at police headquarters, where they are trying to get a statement from Inspector Henderson. Listen. I've already issued a statement. I've said that Canfield was apparently killed by a stick-up man, a mugger, as he was about to enter his home on Lake Drive. That's all we know at present. I'm sure it isn't all you know. Yeah? What makes you so sure? Because even I know more than that. Yeah, so do I. Hey, what are you trying to do? Trick me into talking? Inspector, how could you ever dream of such a thing? We never do a thing like that, Inspector. Now, you keep your two cents out of this half pint. Half pint? Leaping lizards. Now, look here, Kent. I want to... Believe me, Inspector, this is all on the level. We have some valuable information, and we're ready to make a bargain. You talk, and we'll talk. Huh? What, uh... What kind of information? Information that may lead to the arrest of the man who killed Charles Canfield? I don't believe it. Meaning to imply that I'm not telling the truth? That I'm a liar? Is that it? Now, now, take it easy, Ken. Well, take it just... easy. All right, all right. We ought to know better than to try to keep anything from you. Come on up to the crime detective lab, and I'll show you what we've got. Here's the story the way we shape it up. When Canfield's body was found on the sidewalk in front of his house, nothing was missing from his pockets but his wallet. He had a gold fountain pen and a pencil set, a diamond stick pen and this watch, a watch worth at least $1,000, all of which might add up to one thing. It wasn't just an ordinary hold-up. Right. Whoever did it wanted it to look like a hold-up and grabbed his wallet, but forgot the rest of the stuff. Or else he got frightened away before he had a chance. You may have something there, Jim. We thought of that, but it doesn't gel because the body was discovered by the milkman at 5.30 in the morning. Now, there are only two houses on that street. Evidently, nobody walked by after Canfield was night. So the chances of the guy being scared off are slim. Now, then the net of it is, you believe it was a planned murder that was supposed to look like a stick-up. Now, now, wait a minute. I didn't say anything of the sort. And don't you go printing that or I'll have you thrown into jail for, for intimidating an officer of the law. Who am I intimidating? Me. You're trying to put words into my mouth. Now, all I said relax, was... Relax, Inspector, relax. Strangely enough, I agree with you. Huh? What about? I agree with you that Camp Hill was murdered. I never said... I that. know you didn't, but the information I have matches up with that theory. Yeah, it fits like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle. Huh? 
Well, I talked. Now it's your turn. Oh, here it is. Last night about midnight, Charles Canfield called the editor of the Planet, Perry White, from a drugstore phone booth. He made an appointment for lunch with him today and told him he had a story that would blow Metropolis wide open. Is this on the level, Kent? Strictly on the level. Around midnight, huh? Uh-huh. Hmm. The medical examiner figured he was killed between midnight and 1 a.m. That was after he made the phone call. That clinches it. Kent, I want to thank you. Hey, how about me? Well, you too, Half Pint. Oh, Inspector, please stop calling me that. <laughs> Half Pint Olsen, the demon reporter. Hey, you too? Now, I can't fool around. I've got to go to work. And, Kent, hmm? you won't blast this on the front page until we get our teeth into it, will you? Of course not. Uh, I will, unless you cut out that half-pint stuff. Uh, you know what I'll do to you. What? And... Now, look. <laughs> All joking aside, this is a serious matter. Canfield, as far as we know, didn't have an enemy in the world. He was well-liked, respected, and one of the leading businessmen of the city. He was chairman of the community chest, president of the Chamber of Commerce, on the hospital board and the board of charities, and one of the directors of the Metropolis Trust Company. A wealthy, solid citizen who never had a word of scandal attached to either himself or his family. In fact, he never even got a ticket for party. And yet, and yet someone hated him enough to murder him in cold blood. It doesn't make sense. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it was still just a stick-up man who didn't have brains enough to take the watch and the rest of the stuff. I doubt it, Jim. No clues on the body, Inspector? No indications to where Canfield had been? Uh, nothing we could find. Outside of personal effects, all he had in his pockets was this... Uh, Newspaper clip. Oh, let me see. Hey, it looks like a clip from the planet. Oh, it is. It's my story. What? Your story? Yeah, I write the high school sports news, you know. Oh. This is the story I did yesterday on the Metropolis High basketball team. See, here's a picture of the team. Mm-hmm. They play the first round for the state championship tonight at the Armory. They're essential to win. Now, why would Canfield be carrying a clipping about a high school basketball team? Yeah, you've got me. But I don't think it's important one way or the other. I'm not so sure about that. Jim. Yeah? Say the Metropolis team's playing at the Armory tonight? Mm-hmm, against Cedar Falls. Uh-huh. And they'll win in a walk. With Pulaski and Kaplan and Rosetta... Did you get tickets for the game? Well, what do I need tickets for? I sit in the press box. Oh. Well, is, is it all right for me to sit there? Oh, sure, it's all right. You really want to go? Uh-huh. Hey, what's on your mind, Kent? I'll tell you after I see the game, Inspector. Let's go, Jim. <laughs> Seats, Mr. Kent. Pretty good, huh? Swell, Jim. Say, quite a turnout here tonight. Yeah, full house. You figure Metropolis can't lose, is that it? Oh, not a chance. Pulaski and Kaplan are crackerjack forwards. Jack Wilson's the best center in the state. Uh-huh. And when it comes to guards, Michael Kelly and Tony Rizzuti are tops. Ah, here come one of the teams. Oh, that's Cedar Falls. Hey, they look big and fast, Jim. I sure, but we'll take them. You know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. ha, <laughs> ha. Hey, look at them snap that ball around. Not bad at all. Oh, well, you see our boys. They'll be out in a minute. Watch Pulaski drop him in from midcourt. He's terrific. Say, uh, by the way... Yeah? How come you wanted to see this game tonight? I meant to ask you. I like basketball. Oh, go on. That's not the reason. You got some kind of an idea. Something you don't want to tell me, huh? Not at all, Jim. It's just that... Oh, here comes the Metropolis team. Oh, yeah. That's Jack Wilson. He's captain and center, running in front with the ball. Looks like a good man. Yeah. And the next one... Hey, that's funny. What's the matter? Well, that's not our team. Not your team? No. Except for Jack Wilson, none of our first-team players are on the floor. That's so? Hey, Yeah. Those guys on the floor are all subs. Maybe the coach decided to start the second team. No. He gave me the starting lineup this afternoon. There's something wrong, Mr. Kent. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure something's gone wrong. 
worried and puzzled, Jimmy Olsen and the huge crowd in the armory roar out in protest. As only one member of the Metropolis High first team takes the court for the championship game. What does this mean? Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and a capacity crowd in the armory have been startled to see the Metropolis High basketball team take the floor for a championship game with a quintet consisting of four substitutes and one regular. Puzzled, Jim turns to Kent and says... The coach told me just this afternoon that he's starting the first team. Now this setup with four subs has me worried. That seems strange, Jim. Considering that this is the opening game for the state championship. Yeah. That's why I'm sure something's wrong. Yeah. We won't have a chance against Cedar Falls without our regulars. Must be some explanation, Jim. Oh, wait a minute. Here it comes. See, there's a man walking out on the floor with a public address microphone. See? Where? Over there. Oh, oh yeah. That's Coach Reed. Oh. Quiet. He teaches science, too. Quiet, I had him when I'm at Winch Metropolis. Did I have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're all wondering why four members of Metropolis High's team are not on the floor tonight. You said it. I have been asked to announce that the reason for the absence from the floor of Tony Rizzuti, Casimir Pulaski, Bill Kaplan, and Michael Kelly is that they have been suspended from the team. Suspended? they are suspected of having dealt with professional gambling. What? Uh-oh, there's your answer, Jim. Answer nothing. It's a lie. A dirty, rotten lie. Jimmy screams out his answer to the announcement made by the coach of the Metropolis team. An answer echoed in the pounding feet and shouted protests of the huge crowd. Strangely enough, the four boys who have been suspended are the same four boys Vincent Kirby, the cold, ruthless leader of the Knights of the White Carnation labeled Foreigners. Is there some connection between the suspension and Kirby's group of hate mongers? We'll know more tomorrow, gang, when Clark Kent as Superman takes a hand. So don't miss it. Be sure to listen. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DZ comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!